0: I special delivery, I need that. Welcome to the Special Delivery Podcast. I'm your host Special and on this show I do one of two things. Either I'm highlighting brand new music that's dropped or I'm sitting down with an artist to break down their project and that is what we're gonna do today. Dame Funk joins me to celebrate the fifth anniversary of his project with Snoop Dogg called Seven Days of Funk and you know the drill. We talk about everything you don't know and should know about the project so let's hop into it. Dame Funk is here. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Yeah everything's cool. Yeah. That's
0: good. We like that we gotta get to seven days of funk i kind of just want to walk through each track i have questions about each track on this podcast we do everything the people don't know and should know about project basically starting out with the cover art what was it like kind of drafting the cover art for this one
1: oh yeah joe cool snoop dogg's cousin was supposed to do the uh cover um i really liked this stuff but then stone's throw chose another artist who was known for doing like a comic book a very um underground comic book thing uh he's a black artist from like south central it became a choice between joe cools and and this gentleman's stuff and um so that became the artwork which i dug both of them you know what i'm saying but, uh, but the artwork was more like a conceptual thing. Seven Days of Funk, the title came from when me and Snoop were just talking. And, you know, he called me and I was like, yo, what's that? And man? it's like, yeah, man, I, you know, because we hooked up through SoundCloud and different things like that. But we don't know each other around, like, you know, from different stuff we had done before, like shows and tributes for Nate Dogg and stuff. And, and we really met at an art gallery called Heavyweight, HVW8 in, uh, in L.A., headed by Tyler Gibney. And that particular art gallery uh, had a a showing of Joe Cool, who was Snoop Dogg's cousin, who did the artwork for Doggy Style and all of that stuff. So it was an Adidas slash art gallery uh, showing of his work. And I just happened to be DJing with my buddy Computer J, but I had my shoulder synth and... I guess I was on my part and Snoop had like you know saw me doing my thing and that's when he like yo who is this this dude you know what I'm saying like so we find, and I've been waiting to meet Snoop for so long but I'm just not the type of cat I'm not a thirsty dude it's probably to my detriment if I was a thirsty dude I'd probably be further than I am now you know what I'm saying (laughs) but you know I, I just wasn't that cat and so I like one of the messages from my SoundCloud Snoop had reached out like six months earlier and like yo man let me get some of that heat and I'm like I said, Snoop, I missed this message, man. I didn't know you even hit me, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, so let's go. So that's how Seven Days of Funk came about. And Snoop was so ahead of his time that he peeps, you know, other stuff before, you know, uh, it even clicks. And I think that Snoop was on the modern funk stuff that was coming out of L.A. Because, you know, it's a lot of us cats like that are doing a lot of new stuff like me, XL Middleton, like so many others, you know what I'm saying? Like that are, you know, bringing funk to a new frontier. You know what I mean? And so he was like peeping because a lot of the cats that he was around at that time, they had abandoned funk. You know what I'm saying? I don't. They can, They don't want to admit it. But I mean, a lot of those cats are like either chasing a southern sound or like, you know, doing something else or taking the claps out of their tracks. You know what I'm saying? I'm like coming with the tracks with the claps loud as fuck. So he was like, you know, like, yo, I, I'm trying to get my people to do the funk again. They not. They trying to do some, you know, bounce stuff. You know, what I'm saying? so so that's how we got into Seven Days of Funk. And it was so cool that I, I really appreciate him wanting to do an album, because if you really look at it, like he's never done an album with anybody straight up except Dr. Trey. He's always had an album with different producers. You know what I'm saying? The different various producers that maybe that album Bush with Pharrell after Seven Days of Funk. I think he went with a straight producer on that one. But but, you know. For him to, like, you know, come to meet Cat from Pasadena, California, you know what I'm saying? From opposite ends of the road, quote unquote, we'll leave that alone. But, you know, it's like um, it was so cool and admirable for him to, like, you know, want to work with me on a record. And this is the fifth year anniversary of that record this month. So, you know, Snoop is a really great guy, just to be honest with you. I mean, he's like a legend. He's a genius. He knows his music. Um, He loves everybody. He He's grown into such a mature but honest person, you know what I'm saying? He's not perfect but and that's what makes Snoop so great. You know what I'm saying? He's like not something that like if he does something you're gonna like kill him for it because he already told you that he's not perfect. You know what I'm saying? So that's the kind of people who you respect more because they already telling you at the get go, yo, I'm not the perfect person, but I'm trying. And that's what kind of cat Snoop is and, and you know, um it was a pleasure working with him on that record. He killed those tracks and uh along with Daz and Corrupt, along with it, and Steve Arrington from Slave who guested on the record with us and um it was just a, it was just Bootsy, you know, on Hit the Pavement. You know, Snoop picked up the phone and said, I need you on this track, you know what I'm saying? And in the release party, Bootsy introduced me. This is a lot of, what a lot of people didn't see that weren't in L.A., but Bootsy introduced me on stage and walked me down, and, you know, like, it was crazy, but, you know, I was drunk as fuck that night, you know what I'm saying? I was, they gave me too much drinking. I didn't have water, and I'm, like, fucked up on stage. I'm like, man, come on, man. You know, like, you guys got to take care of me, you know? It was, was kind of like one of them things are like the biggest night of my life and there was no regular water just tequila you know so by the time in the middle of the set I'm like you know man so you know I'm just sharing the story because for anybody out there that's looking it's like or listening it's like you know when your big moment comes you got to be ready and you know you got to watch your teams and everybody around you because you know they just gonna sometimes be saying yes 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 to everything you need somebody there around you to say no sometimes or you know yo you don't need that tequila you just need water you know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. So that's what kind of like went down that release party. and You know, um, it was fun. It was the bomb. You know what I'm saying? We had Steve Arrington, Boosie, you know, Nigel, Prophet from the Bay Area, who's on Stone's Throw now. So many cats that were on there. You know what I'm saying? But Wiz Khalifa would have stand on stage. Flea on bass thumping from Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was just crazy. I almost died that night. I was going to the venue. I did a 360 on La Cienega the street was wet. You know what I'm saying? It was so much crazy stuff. You know, my hair was fly it out it was like I was in super fly mode it was like so nuts I can't even it was so crazy and then the next day I had to go to Russia can you believe that so the next day after the release party of 70s and Funk I had to fly to Russia and after that you know I got a call from Battle Cat and Snoop at the same time on my phone but I answered Battle Cat's call but I missed Snoop's and so I'm talking on the phone with Battle Cat for 40 minutes and then Snoop I missed his I still don't know to this day what he wanted to say after that release fart you know what i'm saying like so but we saw each other because we did the videos after that for do your thing and stuff like that but you know it's like that was a wild period of mine i was really going through it about some personal stuff during that time and snooze project really like saved me out of like some things that happened in 2012 i lost my drummer j1 who's he has a lot of bay area history he knows tico and all those cats from bay area max Kane, and you know a lot of, a lot of those cats and they have their little collective called the animal kingdom is what it called i was just going through so much i lost him you know i had like a, a lot of stuff going on in my personal life during the time and then here comes snoop with seven days of funk but with that time period i was trying to finish invite the light you know i stopped my album invite the light and started recording seven days of funk but like I said, it was a blessing. It was an honor to work with Snoop Dogg. Me and him are the same age. You know, I'm like a couple of months older than him, actually. I grew up in Pasadena. He grew up in Long Beach. And it was just like we related to all the same stuff, the same cartoons, the same songs, the, you know, same bagging in the back of the bus journeys, you know what I'm saying? So we all related to a lot of stuff. And it was cool. We did a lot of TV performances during that album. We did Jimmy Kimmel. We did Queen Lativa show. We did Conan. You know, it was just a fun time. But I'm just still not the kind of cat which people are kill me for. I'm not gonna be calling Snoop every day, you know. I'm not gonna be trying to do another project every morning, you know. I'm not gonna, you know, be bugging Snoop. That's just not me. People just anywhere they sink their teeth into him, and I'm I'm just like, yo, let the man breathe. You know what I'm saying? Like, let him do his thing. You know. And and so my thing is like a lot of my audience, like, or his audience, like, when you when are you Snoop gonna do a project again? What are you guys? It's like, guys, settle down. We'll do when we can. You know what I'm saying? I I just do my thing. He does his thing. I know you guys appreciate the project. A lot of people say it's one of one of their favorite collaborations. You know, it was in a small label. It was it's underground and I think that's what they appealed to them more. But in time, you know, we'll do it again. But for right now, congratulations on the star and the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And just a great artist and a great friend I consider. And um, another beloved and respect for Big Snoop Dogg.
0: Two of my favorite things about this project are things that you mentioned. First is him coming back to funk. I think that's why I remember being so excited when you mm-hmm. guys Announced this project was mm-hmm. like, oh shit, yeah. Snoop on some funk shit. Like, yeah. this is what we need. Because yep. we're all babies of funk. Yes. You know what I mean? We're all yes. raised on it. We all enjoy it. Like, that's the good, feel good mm-hmm. music. So, for Snoop to return to funk was so incredible for everybody but also like you said the soundcloud message and you just kind of doing your own thing Mm. and not like you said you could have met him and ran into him a bazillion Mm. times and tried to get him to work Mm. with you but you really just stuck to yourself and what you do and your time came and it was just such a cool thing to see mm. all of us have seen you on soundcloud and on stone so for all these years and it's mm. like to see you mesh with him was just so so cool for all of Thank us you. and and just you doing it on your own in your own time and mm. not pressuring or pushing anything was
1: i appreciate so cool. you noticing that yeah y'all try to keep the g code intact at all times you know what i'm saying <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so of course First one hit the pavement the first song you guys did together i remember reading about how he pulled up in the Porsche to your house yes. came like at 10 p.m. you guys were done yep. by midnight
1: make us mm. hit the pavement when i fall through the club chucking up the dub on your scrubs make us hit the pavement df on the beat if you don't work you don't eat make us hit the pavement Real true state, Grind today, take Real to me. I'm in a white DM, Just clocked in at 11 p.m. And you
0: talk about how this was just a beat you had and you guys were just going through beats. Mm-hmm. Had you ever envisioned anybody on it or was it something that you had thought about just keeping it just a
1: beat? I actually envisioned Soup being on it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, that's why I think it worked. You know, and I saved it for like maybe the third or fourth track that I let him hear because I just said, yeah, this one, I, let's see. It was, I was experimenting with myself, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know me see see And he just clicked on it because I thought of him. But then also, this might be uh, interesting to know, Dudley Perkins uh, was going to uh, do some stuff. I was thinking about him as well because he had wanted to track. So, you know, um, it could have went to either one of them. You know what I'm saying? But I think, you know, Snoop just like just being in the moment and just killed it. You know what I'm saying? Right there, it's like, it's a wrap.
0: And then let it go kind of a love song even though this whole project really encompasses in and outs of love mm-hmm. and kind of struggling with he talked about you know whether it's loving somebody mm-hmm. or even loving music just kind of being in that in-between mm-hmm. one this one's more of a love song As far yes. as the guitar solo and the Patrice Russian sample, how mm. did this track come together?
1: Okay, so that's interesting you said that because can you believe that I didn't even think about Patrice Russian's song when I made it? So it was just a natural feel. And then when Snoop got the song in his possession, he. Added the Patrice Russian feels so real, you get it? So then I said, like, Oh, okay, damn, okay, all right, I see. So, so he's good Is a music historian that he is, he knows how to like kind of like get a hook and like make people more familiar and relate to it. Just because it's just imagine if that song didn't have a familiar hook, you know what I'm saying, that people would not know, you know what I'm saying. So, he was smart enough to say, This is feels so real, you know what I'm saying, Patrice Russian. It's like, you know, G's know this, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, this is a classic in LA. I'm sure it's many places, but kind of a low-key classic. And he, it was genius of him to put that, that hook on there and then build on top of it. I just sent them an instrumental on that when he did what he did with it. Yeah. So that was the story on that one. Hit the pavement was in person, though. We did hit the pavement at my house. Yeah, but Feel So Real is something I sent to him because the more excited that we were getting, he was just like, Send me more, send me more. And I was like, You know, then he would lace it and I'm like, Oh shit, I was in New York and he sent me a couple of like, Damn, Snoop, you killing this. He's like, Yeah, man, send me more. You know? (laughs) So that's how Feel So Real came up.
0: I love that so much. And then Fading Away, which is actually Fading from I Don't Want to Be a Star. You got me, baby yeah what was it like choosing that one for him
1: he chose that he said he was uh driving around and he already hipped in so i guess somebody got him the song because see now at this point from before we i guess after the performance with heavyweight and that art gallery thing with joe cool he had started maybe discovering some of my music but uh he was into it and then so he just like yo i'm gonna rap over that you know so I'm like, oh you just want to take that one because i just thought of it as an instrumental you know something that i'd always just like for people to just ride to but then he took that and all of a sudden I opened up my inbox and Snoop was just all over that track so I was like oh this is perfect and it became Fading Away I think a lot of people relate to Fading Away because it's just stuff that goes on you know in different people's relationships you know what I'm saying and that's why that clicks so much to people you know what I'm saying
0: and then we get to one question of course you got the Slave shirt on with Slaves Steve Arrington I
1: just got one question to ask
0: and you had just done the project Higher, so what was it like yes. kind of bringing Snoop and Steve Arrington together on this show? <sighs>
1: Oh, it was great. I, I was kind of nervous. I was like, you know, man, you know who Steve Erickson is, right? And it's like, come on, man. You know, he knows who Slave is, you know what I'm saying? Like, walking down the street watching Ladies and, you know, uh, Steal Your Heart, you know, Snapshot. You know, we grew up on all that funk, you know, because we'd have to understand, of course, I don't have to explain it to the West Coast, but, you know, up and down the West Coast, we grew up on funk from the connection of, like, Dayton, Ohio, and a lot of those Midwest, you know, connection. We didn't really grow up on disco as much, even though we had it on the radio, we just tended to... be because of the landscape of our weather and you know things like that, we related to like, you know, zap and P funk and that kind of music. So we all grew up in our radio stations played funk as we were growing up. And then of course it got into hip hop, you know, with Run D M C and stuff like that later on. But before Run D M C and hip hop took a stranglehold on all of our necks in, you know, California, funk was the music, you know, that we all, you know, loved and electro and, you know, stuff like that. When he heard me tell him like i got steve Arrington on deck and it was like he got excited and it's like yeah man that's cool and then, so i sent him a track that steve was already on and then uh, snoop just did his thing on top of it so that's how that track came along
0: good good stuff and that brings us to ride with
1: corrupt she lost it when i entered the room i've seen too much of a gangster scene then i hit her with that gangster lane doing it the way it's supposed to be we should ride, ride ride Doing it the way it's supposed to be. Let's ride. Ride. Yeah, ride. Yeah, ride was uh, something I was surprised about because that was one of the tracks I sent to Stoop just to, like you know, see if he felt it. And, um, and then I was shocked to see that, you know, Corrupted. Got on it, you know what I'm saying? So, I think he maybe was in a studio and you know, just uh, you know, vibing with Snoop, and you know, they all just got down on it, and then uh, you know, it just really came together. Now, eventually, me and Corrupt hooked up face to face in my studio, the same vibe that me and Snoop had, but we did a song called Stop Playing Those Games, and um, just for the heads out there, and he killed it, but it was so angry and filthy i I couldn't because the album was called invite the light and i couldn't i said man i can't put this on here man you know we had joy gilliam you know who i don't know if you know who joy is she was down with like d'angelo and all the the dungeon family back in the day joy was on it the hook and killed it as well but and i was going through some stuff so some of the stuff they were talking about was kind of like and then after after they've done it i was like I'm trying to be peaceful to this person now, so I'm like, I can't really put it out. I had a song with Corrupt and Joy on the song, but I haven't released it yet. It remains unreleased because it's so, it's just real. You know what I'm saying? But I, but but then again, sometimes you gotta make that decision. It's being a mature man, you know, like you have to say, if something is not right and, and it doesn't make sense to release because of something you were going through, don't release it, you know what I'm saying? It's because it's, that's that energy you're putting out there. You know, I don't want to put any negative energy out there, based on something especially because I became cool with like some of the people on the subject matter you know what I'm saying so that's why I pulled the track but anyway me and Corrupt ended up hooking up face to face with that particular track Ride he uh, had the snoop slid him and then Corrupt just killed it and that's how that track came about
0: good good stuff and then the super chill Do My Thing
1: let me do my thing do, do, do. Cause like, do my thing My thing. Oh, Do My Thing was um dope. It was like, um you know, something that, you know, I let him hear when he was over my house and then I sent him that. And then uh and he was like, yo, man, you know, uh, and that was another song from Teach His Own. That was so, so, so fading was from I Don't Want to Be a Star, but Do My Thing was on Teach His Own and Superfly had my album on the tours that they were going on the bus so superfly used to play to, to each his own cd on the tour bus so that's kind of like how and, and, and you know you gotta understand I, i'm like i'm thinking i'm like just a nobody's paying attention to me you know what i'm saying i'm like thinking i'm like the odd man out of, you know out of the illuminati of la producers and i'm like I'm, nobody cares and and then here i go Realizing that, yeah, you know, I'm discovering that Superfly is playing my music. to Snoop and him on tour, and like the band is listening to 1500, all those cats, and so Snoop chose what that song they all dug, you know, because it was an instrumental as well. And and there you have it. He decided to use that track. That's how they that came about. And I just let him do his thing.
0: Incredible. I I love just the thought of them listening to it on the bus. Like that, yeah, that's it's so trip. Dope. I,
1: I never I never knew until later on these stories started coming up for me to share with you. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, yes. And then that leads us to basically just an ode to funk and great music. I'll be there for you. Seven days of funk, funk,
1: funk. I'll be there for you. Maybe you need some company. Right there for you. Baby, baby, come to me. Right there for you. I made that song on the back of a tour bus that I was on with me and my guy, Computer J and J1, rest in peace, because I took my equipment with me. So when they would be talking on the back of the bus, I would just have a drum machine in the back seat and I would have a keyboard on top of my lap. I had the headphones and I just made that track that was another one he was asked, Snoop was asking for more, so I sent him, you know, another track, and that was one he just laced. Because so, we did a lot of stuff remote. I know a lot of people now realize that, like, you know, it's it's good to be in person with some people, but me and Snoop have such an organic and sincere relationship, being in the same year and, and everything like that, we were born, and just knowing the fabric of Los Angeles, I didn't have to be in a studio with him. He already got it, you know what I'm saying? Now, some people, you do got to be hands-on, like, hey, you know, you, you know, you this is what she does, you know that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? But me and Stu didn't have to meet the studio. He just got it. He's like, oh, I know what this is. I'm, I can just done deal. So that's how that track came about.
0: And I love it too. Just the idea of you being in the back of the bus creating that. Like, I always find it so fascinating where beats happen because mm-hmm. they can happen anywhere. Then the bonus track, Systematic, with the dog pound.
1: Real fun, real fun, real fun. We had a That was a, a one that, that I was surprised, and, and, and at this point in the project, I think Snoop was kind of as a gift. Try to explain like this. I could only imagine if it felt like that in so many ways. It's like he surprised me and had the dog pound on that track. You know what I'm saying? It was almost like like, damn! I, I love what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm come on, man! I'm giving you the dog pound this shit. Dog pound and Snoop ain't been on the song in a while altogether. So he liked that joint and he chose that when uh it was like you know a teaser type track, but it was dope and uh, and I appreciated them both being on. You know and Daz and Corrupt were very respectful they get shouted out my name and those cats on Long Beach they really are into the music I mean if that's the difference between Long Beach and a lot of the cats in LA Long Beach weren't afraid to be very into music growing up they like had this different vibe and it kind of reminds me of Pasadena as well but LA is like cool like but everybody was so into rap and like a cat in Long Beach probably like stevie nicks as well you know what i'm saying you know and then like pasadena you know cats like kind of like have a rush album moving pictures but you know in la it seemed like it was just like so like you couldn't do that you know so the the outer cities you know had like a different vibe and that's you got to understand that's where warren g and snoop and all those cats come from they have a more appreciation for music Nate Dogg a lot of those cats like really like loved all the music because they grew up with different backgrounds on the same city I grew up with different background with the school with different backgrounds LA those cats and, and there they, they were not really mixed up with a lot of people you know what I'm saying but the outskirts cities in Southern California they had like different backgrounds you know you had the surfer cat you know like in the same class as you the same dude wearing a deaf leopard shirt you know what I'm saying and then you like, you know, different that's how we grew up. So cats like in Long Beach and Pasadena and surrounding areas of LA, we just had a different type of vibe. And that's what I love about them. And um and that's what I respect about Snoop, Daz, and Corrupt from that track. You know, just they you could tell they're they're really into music. And all those cats are. You know what I'm saying? That's what I love about those cats, man. The whole dog pound is Snoop and them, they really respect music. It's
0: all incredible. And you and Snoop are basically huge just music historian mm-hmm. and then like you said you also addressed it on Twitter a couple days ago Seven Nights of Funk if Snoop has time and you yeah. guys can get together then we'd love it I also remember reading that Tyler wanted to be on it but it just wasn't in time so mm-hmm. hopefully someday we get that we'd love it mm-hmm. anything else you want to say about this just super amazing project Seven Days of Funk
1: I just really appreciate the people that got into it you know it was in a label called Stone Records that caters to a specific Audience and, and kind of like an underground worldwide thing. It's not just the United States, but stone's and on worldwide. So it was kind of like a quiet release, but then the heads knew about it. It wasn't on Geffen or RCA or anything like that. So it could have been bigger. But I appreciate like, you know, everybody getting into it. You know, we kind of like both were settled with like doing something like Zamonica or Seven Days of Funk because, you know, we were doing other things. And so he went on to Snoopzilla. You know, I wanted to do Dame Funk still, but the Seven Days of Funk thing was just kind of like more of a to kind of catch on it's almost like a gift you know what I'm saying like the heads and then it set him up for like doing something like Bush with Pharrell you know what I'm saying it was more of just like project that I, I really appreciate being a part of and I, I really love the fact that you know we were able to do a lot of TV and show people like you know kind of like a precursor to the funk vibe because if you understand you know Bruno and all those guys and Mark Ronson and all those guys they got I, I don't want to go too far but it's like you know when we did that it's like a lot of people said oh okay let's let's start doing funk it's like i don't want to take too much credit for it but i think what happened is that you know doors are starting to be open and then it was like boom the door got kicked open from the little steps that me and snoop made with seven days of funk and you know stuff i've been doing for years and you know the parties sweater funk in san Francisco, funk with sphere in la you know these things that have been going on where it's like funk and boogie and that type of sound and it was in disco was starting to come like back to the forefront so I think the overground and the major labels like, oh, go scout, go, go see what's going on in these other clubs, you know. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Let's not front. That's what happened. And it was time. You know, people were ready for like a uptown funk mm-hmm. because it just said people were ready. You know what I mean? So that was because when people would five years earlier walk into a club and hear you know, ah, I love that sound. And then they started telling their friends, you know, like, yeah, man, I think I like funk again. You know, blah blah. Then by five years later, you started, oh, yeah, it's time to do funk again. You know, so that's what happened. You know, so and it, and it's a good thing. People used to hit me up about the whole Bruno thing, and I'm like, you know. I'm happy because he opened up the doors and got people more at a bowling alley or or, or a sports bar or something to accept uh, that type of rhythm and that tone and not so much. It gave you a different change from trap music or, you know, pop music or, you know, like bar rock music, you know what I'm saying? So now you can have Uptown Punk or 14 Karat Gold as a part of the fabric of the United States now, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think it was a good thing, and, but, you know, I hope that people, you know, realize that, you know, it was some people that were at the forefront of it and that helped, you know, kind of spring along. But, you know, the story will be told later down the road, you know what I'm saying? And here we are. So I'm happy to be around and um, I appreciate everybody just, you know, um, knowing that I exist and, you know, and I'm still out here, you know, just doing my thing. And um, and I appreciate um you talking to me today.
0: Thank you so much. I, I super appreciate it. Thank you for the gift of Seven Days of Funk. We're so excited for new music and all the new things that you got going on.
1: Thank you so much for having me keep the funk alive y'all all the best to you and stay positive peace
0: thanks so much for checking out this episode if you enjoyed it make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on and then reach out to me let me know what your favorite part was or just say hi i'm on twitter at special says and on instagram it's at special says as well and as always this episode is dedicated to Marlon. do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence